you'll see something and you'll be like, I know that looks good, but I can't tell you why. And then if you try to replicate that, you'll be like, why doesn't mine look so good? And it's probably because of that. Cause you're trying to go after an emotion and you don't understand that reasoning behind it. You are listening to episode 79 of the level up your wedding business podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of the show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level. And I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. Today's episode is all about branding, the do's, the don'ts, and how to best reach your ideal client through branding. My guest today is Ida Winstead, who is the owner of Higa Design Co., a brand and show it website design company serving creative entrepreneurs. And she's also the host of the Higa Hour podcast. After moving to the U.S. from Norway and finding that American corporate life was just not for her, she's made it her mission to help other entrepreneurs bring more Higa and less hustle to their lives through strategic design and increased confidence so that they can work less and enjoy life a little more. When she's not busy designing away, you can find her hanging out with her high school sweetheart husband or working on their fixer-upper in Raleigh. So her business is named Higa, and I actually had to look up the definition of this because I was intrigued. And it means a quality of coziness and comfortable um, convivality, whatever that means, um, that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being, which is regarded as a defining characteristic of Danish culture. I just love that. I think we could all use a little bit more Higa in our lives. Hey, Ida, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. I am stoked to talk about branding with you. I think that branding is a huge element of our businesses that people tend to kind of set it and forget it. And they, they kind of forget to like tweak things along the way or make adjustments as they learn more. So, um, I'm excited to kind of have you on as an expert in that area. Yeah. I'm really excited to chat today. Cool. So before we kind of get into the questions for the episode, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah. So I'm based in North Carolina and I'm a brand and show it website designer. I work mostly with wedding professionals. So videographers and photographers are like my main clientele really. And I love the wedding industry because I think that a lot of wedding professionals are undercharging and they are working so hard. And so I'm kind of on this mission to help people see their value and then help them translate that into something that their clients will pay for. Cause a lot of the time, you know, as wedding professionals, you don't really see what you're offering or how good you've gotten. Cause you're constantly getting better. So that's really what I do. I love that. Yeah. And branding is like a huge part of a client's, um, kind of perception of you and how much they're willing to pay you. I know that sounds a little weird and money talk can be uncomfortable, but that is the truth. Oh, absolutely. And I think too, a lot of times we forget that our potential clients have no idea about our industry. So they don't even know what to compare it to. And I remind my clients all the time too. It's like, they can look at two pictures side by side and they would have no idea what price range it is. And I think that's where your branding comes in, right? It's kind of like helping you price anchor yourself so that you can ask for those prices and feel comfortable about it. Yes. I love that. Okay. So just before we like really dig in, can we like define branding? Cause we're going to be talking about that like a ton throughout the episode. So to you, what, what does branding mean? 
Yeah. So branding is so much more than your logo. I have literally, like I can preach about that for days, but I believe that branding is the visual aspect of your brand. So like your fonts, your colors, your logo, but it is also your messaging and how you're showing up, like the tone that you're using, the voice, even like the sentences you're right. And like how formal you sound or informal, like all of that really goes into your brand as a full picture. Yes. No, I love that. I think that so many people, especially when they start their businesses, like really what they think about when they think of branding is just their logo. And they like, that's their first kind of item on their to-do list. And they kind of leave it at that. And then eventually they get a website. And then again, they leave it at that, but there's so much more that goes into it. If you really want a brand to do something for you. Yes. And I think that's the key, right? Because I don't think there's anything wrong in just getting a logo. If you're just getting started, because we all start somewhere. And I think like, I don't want that to be what holds you back. And so you got to get something out there, but then down the road, you need to like periodically reevaluate and look at it and see, am I going in the right direction? Like what kind of messages am I putting out there? Cause I like to say, even like your Instagram captions are a part of your brand. And does that match like the logo that you have, or even like how you show up on stories, like all of that has to kind of create a cohesive picture. Cause that's how you're going to build that trust with potential clients. Absolutely. So this podcast is literally called level up. So we're all about elevating ourselves. Um, just doing a little bit better each and every day. So, um, I'm going to assume that everyone listening to this wants an elevated brand. They don't just want like a run of the mill brand. They want something a little bit more elevated. Um, so what would you say would set an elevated brand apart from one that's maybe not so strong? Yeah. So I believe that branding has a lot to do, especially for personal brand businesses, right? So if your name is first, last name, or your business name is first, last name, whatever you do, or even like me, I am the one behind the scenes. It's just me. So if you have a personal brand business, I think there's a lot to be said for your brand representing you as much as it represents your ideal client. And then also your business. So kind of like a Venn diagram, like where all those meet in the middle, that's where you'll find that magic of an elevated brand. Because, you know, a lot of people say like, Oh, focus on your ideal client, just focus on them. But you want to connect with those people, especially in the wedding industry. You are part of their biggest day. Right. And you are like side by side with them the entire day. So you want to make sure that you're attracting people that you really get along with on a personal level too. And then I think too, being confident in who you are as a business owner and kind of being willing to put on some shutters and like, not look at what everybody else is doing, because you know, what works for you isn't going to work for somebody else because you have built a brand that's true to you and who you are. And so if they show up with your exact, like a replica, almost it won't work because they don't know why. And so they are going to fall short and they're going to be confused by why their brand isn't working because they think like, Oh, but it works for her. Why isn't it working for me? And I think that's part of it too. It's like being willing to go to the core of like who you are as a business owner, what you stand for, and then using that and translating that into something visually that you can sell people with basically. Yeah. Like there has to be a bridge between yourself and your client and your brand can kind of be that bridge. Yes, exactly. And I'm not saying like your entire brand is like a mirror image of who you are as a person. Cause we don't want to do that, but we want to make sure that we are pulling out the things about us that matter that we can use to attract those people we want to work with. Yes, no, absolutely. I love that. You just said that. Um, I think that people 
get caught up on feeling like it would be quote unquote inauthentic for them to not be 100% themselves. Um, but it is totally fine to like pick and choose elements that you said, like what you said, like that speaks to your ideal client. So, um, just as an example, like let's say, um, business owner, a, is trying to go for like luxury market where their ideal client is like going to Paris for their, for their, um, you know, honeymoon and they make half a million dollars a year, blah, 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 blah. And then maybe their videographer or their photographer has some hobbies that may align with them, but they also really like hunting and fishing and camping. Like you don't have to bring like those things that don't speak to your client into your brand as much. You can kind of like keep those personal, but just highlight the things that do translate. So it doesn't have to be you completely. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that also in some ways makes it easier because, you know, with boundaries and stuff like that, your business kind of bleeding a lot into your personal life. If you have like kind of buckets for your business, then it makes it easier to also like rest when you are actually resting. Okay. Let's talk about what you just said. You said buckets. Can you expand (laughs) on that? (laughs) Let me see if I can think about it. Um, yeah. So basically like having set standards for yourself, really like identifying, okay, what am I okay with talking about in my business? What do I want to be part of like the story, right? So you are putting out a story for your audience or your potential clients. That doesn't mean you have to include, like you said, fishing and hunting, if that doesn't resonate with those people that you want to be booking. So you can have your story on your website. It shouldn't be too long, like your about page or whatever. And you don't have to say, oh yeah, I also love to go fishing, hunting, all the things that you love that wouldn't resonate with those people. So you can leave those buckets out and then keep the ones that will actually resonate. I love that. That kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jenna Kutcher, but she teaches on Instagram, like the Jenna Kutcher five, like you pull like five elements um, that you want to talk about, about your personal life. And you kind of rotate those things. Like we can kind of do that as business owners with our brand as well. Like choosing five elements about your personal life, or, I mean, it doesn't have to be five. It could be three or four or seven. I don't know. Um, and just kind of keep those on repeat and kind of keep everything else to yourself. Yes. And yes. Exactly. Not like we're embarrassed of it, but like, we just don't want to get muddled. Right. Yeah. And I think too, it's like healthy, right. To have some stuff that the internet doesn't know about, like they don't have to know every little thing that you're doing at all times. Yes. 100% agreed. (laughs) So what elements of a brand would you say that business owners, like, especially in the wedding industry, so your clients specifically, um, what do they overlook usually? I think the biggest thing is kind of what we talked about earlier, like thinking that your brand is just your logo, right? So being like, okay, well, I have a logo, like I'm ready to go. Like, yes, that can get you really far. And I don't think it, you know, it's not necessarily like you have to have a super awesome logo all the time, but when you get to a certain point, if you feel like you're not connecting with your ideal clients, it's definitely time to be like, okay, maybe I'm not sending the right message through this logo or through my branding. So I think that's the biggest one. And so what elements would you say would be kind of the next level from the logo or from the basic kind of elements? Yeah. So I think the other thing that people overlook is looking to other people in their industry, like their competition for inspiration. It is a huge mistake that a lot of people make and you almost do it on unwillingly or unknowingly to a lot of the time. And so you're looking around being like, Oh, what is trendy? And then you're going for that. And then you forget to listen to yourself. Cause like your intuition can tell you a lot of stuff and like your style and your art can tell you a lot about what direction you should be going in. But if you start listening too much to other people, you're kind of like watering yourself out in the process. And I think that is a huge mistake 
because again, you're going to miss the mark. You're going to be confused about why things aren't connecting. That's an amazing point. Um, to add to that also, the point is to not blend in. (laughs) The point is to stand out. Right. So if you just do that and copy what everyone else is doing, like you just become like totally vanilla and it's harder to distinguish you from other people, especially if, like you said, if it's being like inauthentic. Yeah, no, totally. So when, like, at what point in a business owner's kind of journey, would you say it would be a smart idea for them to start considering investing in a brand or website designer? Like we know that this is an expense, like it's an investment. It's not, you know, a hundred bucks to get a good, (laughs) good person to do it. So when's the time to take the leap financially? Yeah. So I think there are kind of two key parts or times when you can consider it. The first one is when you've, you're just getting started or you've been doing it maybe for like a year or so. So you have a couple of clients under your belt, you have an idea, but you're struggling a lot with that imposter syndrome or feeling like, okay, I'm faking it so hard working with somebody else on the outside of your business can do huge things for you and your confidence. And that's what I found a lot of times with my earlier on clients too. It's like, we were working together and they would leave with a beautiful website and logo, but they were like, I have so much confidence. Like, I really feel like I can go do this. So I think that is number one. And then number two is if you're trying to really elevate your brand or move into a more like luxury market, a lot of times it is required of you to have a more polished brand and website because that is the first impression. So when people land on your website, they're automatically like forming an impression of your price point and what they're willing to pay for your services. And so it's kind of like walking into Nordstrom. I love using that example, comparing it to Walmart, right? So if your website looks like Walmart, like you got all the things there and there's not really a clear message, but then you start demanding like the Nordstrom pricing, people aren't going to pay. So I think that's like the second time. And that's where it's really critical. I would say to rebrand or hire somebody else to come in and help you see things from the outside and really figure out, okay, who do I want to be? And how do I want my business to look online? Yes, absolutely. Not that there's anything wrong with Walmart, but right. it's the, this, the disconnect that's the issue. And I think it would actually go the same way. If you walked into Nordstrom and all of a sudden everything is like, way cheap. I think you would start to be suspicious and be like, well, what's wrong with it? And I think that's another thing that people get hung up on is they start charging too little once they are at a point where they could charge more and people won't book them because there's something not, there's a disconnect there. And people will start to wonder like, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you so much cheaper than what you, what I feel like you should be valued at? Yes. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Cause it's all about like making the right impressions and making sure that we are connecting those dots in their head before they have to ask us. Yes. Okay. So I would love to kind of pivot the conversation to website talk. Um, you do show it. I use show it as well. I love show it. Um, how many times we can make this a drinking game. Like every time we say show it, just take a drink. I'm just kidding. If you're driving, especially don't do that. Um, (laughs) but, um, I recommend show it to everybody that I talk to. I just think it's the best just because it's like, you have the most control over it. Right. But, um, why, why do you think show it is so awesome? And like, why are you kind of an advocate for that platform? Yeah. So I switched from Squarespace, which a lot of people do. And I, from a designer perspective, I love it because I have so much freedom to design almost whatever I want with show it. And it allows me to help my clients stand out. Right. We were talking about earlier, like you want to stand out 
on some of the other platforms, especially for videographers, you can embed your YouTube videos and they all go in like a line and then it looks like a grid of videos. Whereas on show it, you can kind of display them in more creative ways. So it feels like you're taking them on this journey and you can really showcase your work in a better way. And that's what it's really all about, right? Your website and your brand should help showcase your best work and make it look as awesome as it really is. Um, the other reason why I love it is because there are so many different like price points that you can be at with show it and have a good looking website because they have free templates for the DIYers. It will take more effort on your end, obviously to get it set up, but you can also buy a premium te premium template. So somebody else has designed it for you and it does look a little bit more unique. Um, and then you can obviously also hire a designer to do it for you, which gives you a completely custom look. And so I love that there's like a price point for everybody, basically, depending on where you are in your business journey and what you need, they can really meet you where you're at. Yes. And, um, not only that, I would say that most designers who are like either up and coming or, um, do really beautiful work or more like up with the trends of today that most of them are designing on show it. And so it's going to kind of give you like the most, like the freshest look, um, compared to a template that might be like five years old or a designer who hasn't done any training, um, in the last 10 years. And they're still designing like kind of behind the times. Yes, totally. And then also, you know, for the wedding industry, a lot of clients are on their phones searching and show it gives you so much flexibility over your mobile design. And so that is awesome too, because you get to really tailor that mobile experience to how their lives are. You know, they're busy people. You want to make sure that you're giving them the right information right off the bat there too. Yeah, no, I love that part. Actually, that kind of get me, gets me in trouble. Cause sometimes I forget to like tweak the mobile site. <laughs> A lot of people do. Yeah. So another, um, to a uh, reason to hire a designer so that you don't <laughs> run into that issue. Um, so what are a few things that people can either add to their website, uh, make sure is not on their website or anything website related that can kind of help people stand out from the crowd. Yeah. So I would say if you're a videographer, my biggest tip is to create a variety of click to play and autoplay things on your show at site. So click to play allows you to have the sound, whereas autoplay, you know, usually it's muted because we don't want it to sound like a MySpace website where you don't know where the sound is coming from. Um, and I think you can tell different stories through that. So if you're trying to really showcase your work and like the audio quality, you want to make sure that they're able to easily figure out how to play the videos. So I think that's huge. And then my other big tip or pet peeve as a designer is white space. A lot of people are terrified of using white space on their websites. So basically it's just room to breathe for your content, right? So a lot of people think you have to have all this stuff right on top of each other, but if you're able to add a little bit of white space, you will find that your designs will automatically almost look a little bit more elevated. So I think that's a huge tip. Yeah. Less is more sometimes for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned that that was a pet peeve of yours. Do you have any other pet peeves that you want to share? I got lots, <laughs> um, a big one, you know, everybody wants to use script fonts these days, which obviously they're beautiful, but I think when, with script fonts, you have to know what you're doing. So the number one thing is to not add letter spacing between the words or between 
the alphabet. So that way, you know, if you look at somebody's website and their script font looks like it's not even touching, it means they have added too much letter spacing there. And so now the script font just looks all wonky and you can't even read what it says. And then the other thing is just using scripts sparingly. I typically use it for things that almost don't have to be read. So like decorative things or names for testimonials or little like pretty call outs here and there, but you don't want like any critical information to be in a script font because people are busy and they're just not going to read it. And then the other thing kind of going along with fonts is just to not use too many fonts. (laughs) How many fonts would you say is like the golden standard? Two to three is typically top. Yeah. I just use two. Yeah. I have like a header font and like a body font and I just stick to those. (laughs) Yeah. And I think people would be surprised too. Like just switching up like all uppercase or all lowercase can do a lot for making it look like it's a different font, but it's actually just that same one that you use all the time. I love it. Do you have any, um, like opinions on, okay, we're getting like kind of deep people who don't like know, like branding things like this, they're like going to start zoning out probably, but like, uh, do you have opinions on like serif versus like sans serif fonts? For people who don't know, serif is like the little feet on like letters at the top and the bottom, like Times New Roman is serif. And then um, sans serif means without the little feet. And so that's like Arial, like that font. (laughs) I have lots of opinions, obviously, (laughs) but um, I think it depends, right? On who you're trying to attract, what kind of like vibe you're going for. Because if you do a sans serif, like yours is right, at least for the podcast, those a lot of times have a lot more of a modern feel, whereas some of the serifs can feel a little bit more like classic, timeless. But again, it depends on which one you choose and why you're choosing it. And I think that's too like the power of a designer. They can really help you pick those fonts that are going to represent your business well. Yes, I love that. Like sometimes you can look at something and it makes you feel a certain way, but you can't really like put your finger on why you felt that way about it. Like um, we can't, Cause we're not trained in that. Right. And so that is the beauty of hiring, hiring a designer is like, they know all of these little things that elicit an emotion or send a message that maybe is subconscious that like we, as people who are not experts in that, like we don't, we can't pull those things out, but we can still feel it. It still resonates with us, you know, and the same goes with, um, people who are not videographers or photographers, like, um, you can look at an image and like, know that it's good or it's not good, but you can't necessarily say like why, but we can, cause that's like our expertise. Right. So it's the same with branding. And I do think it's 100% worth it to hire a designer because they're experts. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think you're so right too. Like you'll see something and you'll be like, I know that looks good, but I can't tell you why. And then if you try to replicate that, you'll be like, why doesn't mine look so good? And it's probably because of that. Cause you're trying to go after an emotion and you don't understand that reasoning behind it. Yeah. A lot more goes into it than we think. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, your industry is the same. Like people think, you know, with a video that, Oh, all this for just this little video, but it's a lot of work. It is. It is. Um, okay. So kind of last question, do you have any basic do's and don'ts when it comes to branding? Yeah. So the, at the top of my do list is be very critical of the work that you want to showcase. And I'm sure you talk about this too, but like, look at the work that you are showing off on your social media website, all of that, and be sure that it's 
the kind of work that you would like to book more of, and then try to take a step back from that and look at it as not somebody that knows the couple. Cause I know a lot of my clients, they're like, Oh, but they're so sweet. And I'm like, yes, but this is a marketing thing. Not necessarily a, who is my absolute favorite, like sweetest couple or kindest. Um, and then also just be careful with colors and make sure that you're using consistent colors throughout your platforms all over social media. Cause it will really help you over time to really develop, um, like a brand recognition. So I think those are huge for dues. And then, like I mentioned the font thing, try to use the same fonts that you're using on your website, like on your social media, on your graphics, and even on like your client communications and all of that, just so you're creating like a cohesive message across the board. And then for don'ts, I mean, the biggest one for don'ts is obviously don't copy other people because you want to be original and you want to be true to yourself. And I would almost argue that it's better to have just a logo than a whole thing that is copied off of somebody else. Cause you're actually just hurting yourself even more there. Yep. That's a good one. Well, it's good to know that we, there's more do's and there are don'ts. That's encouraging. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think too, like a lot of people, you know, when you see things, you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a don't like making sure that all your social media links work on your website, like the little things that people don't necessarily think about. And yes, it's not a disaster if it doesn't work because it's not the end of the world, but people pay attention to the little things. They do. Or if just broken links, or you forgot to like actually hyperlink something where like, it should be a link, but it's like, you can't click it. Like it's not going anywhere. You know, um, I find that with people's websites all the time. Um, if you're redoing your website or changing anything, definitely like re like view your website on like multiple different types of screens on a computer, on a phone, on a tablet, and then send it to, you know, trusted people in your life, your spouse, your mom, I don't know, your best friend and have them click around too, to make sure and say like, click every link, please, to make sure. Um, that's kind of a pro tip. I obsess over that because my worst nightmare is like to come across as unprofessional because links are broken when that's such an easy fix. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the last things I do and last because you change things and then stuff breaks again. Um, before I go launch a client size, just literally sit there and click through all the links and making sure they all go where they should. And then and along with that, you know, if you're doing like a last minute change, be sure to check, like if you're on show it the mobile version to make sure that you did update that part too. So you don't have like overlapping text or anything like that. Yes. That's an awesome tip. <laughs> awesome. Ida. Well, as we kind of wrap up, um, the episode, do you have any like last minute bits of encouragement that you can give to the listeners when it comes to branding? Yeah, I would say just be confident in who you are and figure out what part of your story can help you stand out and set you apart because it's worth celebrating and everybody has something really unique about them that we need to really show off. And that's, what's really going to help us sell. Amazing. And for people who want to find you online, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm at higgadesign.co on Instagram and higgadesign.co on my website. And then I also have a podcast called the Hig Hour podcast. Awesome. And I will link all of those things in the show notes. If you want to go check out Ida, she does amazing work. So definitely go give her a follow. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about branding today. I know this was an awesome one. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you, my listeners. What topics do you want to hear about on the podcast? Head on over to my Instagram at the level up co and send me a DM with topics you'd like to hear about. 
As always, I would love it if you left a review for the podcast wherever you're listening. That goes a long way in helping more people find the show. And until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.